All right, everyone. It is Wednesday, November 30th. We are turning the page on a 2022 football season as we turn our page to December tomorrow. We are the Sons of Saturday. My name is Pat Finn. Coming at you from Charlotte, North Carolina. I'm in the basement. I moved around my desk over the weekend. It was a big time Thanksgiving weekend for some home improvement. Home improvement means getting the desk downstairs, getting a space heater, building a storage shelf, cleaning out the filters. It was, uh, we even hung up some string lights. We bought some chairs. It was a big weekend down. We? Who's we? Charlotte. We? Finn Fam. Oh, okay. Okay, the Finn Fam hanging up. I know you were doing some 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 uh, chair put togethering and, and remodeling. I'm excited for you, dude. I'm, I'm expecting a completely different space next time I visit. Say, hung up some pictures. I mean, this is going to be great. And then Billy Ray Mitchell up there in Facts, Fairfax. How are the you? Facts is fair, dude. Signed up for a, a gym membership at uh, – it's not Planet Fitness. It's Lifetime Fitness. So if you go to Lifetime Fitness in Fairfax or yeah. Arlington, or I, I'm still trying to get like the burrows down. I got a haircut. Um, yeah, I'm feeling I'm feeling good, dude. I, I'm enjoying it up here. I don't do much driving because of the the traffic. I walk a lot. I went to one of those Amazon grocery stores today, where you like literally scan your palm and then walk out without talking to anybody, and it just charges your card. It was an unbelie- unbelievable experience. Um, but yeah, as you said, we're here to wrap up the 2021, 2022. I don't know why we're saying 2021, 2022. It's definitely a 2022, 2023 season. Uh, but we're here to talk about it. Okay. Um, and as always, this podcast is brought to you by our friends at Main Street Pharmacy. Look, it's your one-stop shop. Whether you need pharmaceutical prescriptions filled, whether you need somebody to make you laugh, make, make you smile. Go grab a monster energy drink because you've got a long night of studying ahead of you. Head on down to Main Street Pharmacy. You can also get exclusive Sons of Saturday apparel, Sons of Saturday flags, game day pins next football season. It's all going to be available to you at the Main Street Pharmacy. Pat, we have a hokey haiku submission. While you read it, I will find who submitted it. All right. The season is done. Let's find some transfer studs soon. Time to look forward. Pat, thank you for sharing the haiku. Now, while I find out who wrote this haiku, would you mind sharing some extremely exciting news about something people have been asking about for a long time? I have been hearing a lot about it. Well, guess what? We're back, baby. The Roback Polos, the Lunch Pail Polos. You see that? If you're watching on YouTube, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm holding up. The Roback Polos, the Lunch Pail Polo, specifically made for Hokie fans like you and me. Go ahead, Roback.com, for your first order. If you've ordered before, I'm not going to tell you what to do, but I will tell you that the code will only work with first-time users. S-O-N-S-V-T, SUNSVT. Take 20% off your order. Look at me dancing over here. I'm so fired up. These are back in stock. So go on to Roback.com, enjoy your shopping experience, and pick up a lunch pail polo. Suns VT take 20% off. Perfect for Christmas, perfect for Hanukkah. Um, whatever you may celebrate come January or December, it is a perfect or birthdays. I know people are born in December, then but you know, mothers don't take off of labor in December. So if your birthday's coming up, go ahead and check that out. But anyway, shout out to our guy Jordan Basham. He is the one who submitted that haiku, so I want to make sure that we gave him gave him his flowers, gave him his flowers for his uh, haiku submission. But anyway, uh, I did do a little bit of a season remark, a um, little bit of a, a state of the union, if you will, on this uh, season that we did just wrap up. So Virginia Tech began the 2022 season with a new coaching staff, a new quarterback, zero expectations. It was labeled as being a rebuild, and a rebuild it was. The Hokies finished the season 3-8, and eight, tied for last place in the ACC with the University of Virginia. That would have been a tiebreaker, uh, but as we all know, the game was canceled. Pat, I see your hands up. Jumping in the time machine, what did we both predict? What were, what were we forecasting? What why, was- why are you doing this to me, dude? <laughs> what were we forecasting? 
I had forecasted nine wins on the podcast. I went as far as 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 predicting ten wins on the Matei season prediction because when he went through it game by game, I was I talked myself into ten. But you know me, I'm I'm Mr. I don't do that. I think. I think you did eight and I think you said eight and four, and then on Mateus thing you said nine and three. I, you're I right. Think you, you're yeah. right. I'm, you're I'm, right. I'm, I'm going to save you from your own. Thank you. I mean, what are we doing here? Why, why are you Thank pointing you. the gun at your own head? <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> Just so it's on the record, Bill said nine and three as his upside, eight and four as his downside. I said seven and five as my downside or as my as my prediction. I believe Grayson said seven and five or six and six. I want to say, mm-hmm. um, it, we were wrong. We were very wrong. I apologize to nobody. I'm positive. I might even predict us for more wins than we get next year because I'm a positive guy. But that's just the way that it is. You're um, an idiot. <laughs> yeah, because I'm an idiot. Uh, <laughs> the biggest pain point this season came on the offensive side of the ball. Virginia Tech averaged 19.3 points per game. That's good for 118th out of 131 teams and 4.7 yards per play, which is good for 119th out of 131 teams. We struggled to to develop an identity on offense over the course of the season. However, However, Virginia Tech did show signs of life in spurts. Pat, do you remember the 20 point second quarter versus Georgia Tech? Or the 21-point third quarter versus NC State. Or the 14-point fourth quarter versus Miami where Robert Irby came down to Section 5 and he said, I guarantee you we're going to win this game. We did not, but it was a fun quarter. Wait, um, so what do you think, if we take out those three quarters from the mix as you know the three outliers, is our, is our points per game like 12? It's got. I mean, yeah, probably. I mean, if I'm sure, if you take some other thing, I mean, we look. We'll talk about this later. We lost three games by a combined score of 11 points. Like four games. I'm sorry, by a combined score of 11 points. It was the season where margins are so small. The difference between winning and losing is so small, uh, and we learned that this year. Uh, Tech also saved their best for last in a winning effort on the road versus the Liberty Flames. Sent Hugh Freeze a packing to Auburn. He's going to the Plains. Um, but in that game, Virginia Tech logged a season best in rushing yards, 176, and three touchdowns on the ground as well. Thank you, Jalen Holston. The Jalen Holston game, as you may. Defense this year was a brighter spot. Some youngsters bursted onto the scene with Monsoor D. Lane. Cam Johnson and Kelly Lawson, who I wrongly call Keli Lawson all the time. But he said, put some respect on my name. It's Kelly, Mr. (laughs) CEO. Despite spending an absurd amount of time on the field in a handful of games, the Virginia Tech defense found a way to nestle, get that Christmas reference, nestle, a spot in the top half of college football in total defense, 62nd out of 131 teams. Given the challenges offensively and a myriad of other if issues, this was something I believe that group should be proud of. And again, the finale for the Virginia Tech Hokies. They held Liberty to 22 points. They forced two turnovers, which is tied for the most in a game. And all of that came with probably one of the, oh, wow, that's something awesome we're looking forward to next year, moment where Coach Pry in the press conference said that Chris Marv had been doing the play call on that afternoon. And Chris Marv dialed up a beauty against Liberty. So, what happens now, Bill? What happens now, Pat? Coach Pry and company turn their attention to this recruiting class and the transfer portal, which will be key in the immediate and long-term successes of this program. The roster next year, fingers crossed, will be starkly different, and that's okay. And it's necessary. We will discuss that in depth in depth a little bit later on in the podcast. But here's what I want to say. In 2022, or if I'm writing an essay, Pat, in conclusion, here are the three things that I took away from this football season. Number one, Hokie Nation is special, man. I mean, the most painful and losingest season we've had in about 50 years. 
and the Hokies played Georgia Tech as a we were a two and seven football team at the time. Kickoff was at noon thirty. It was raining, and sixty five thousand people showed up to that game. Worst season in fifty years. Packed stands. Not many places would do that, and it is a reminder of how special this community and fan base is. People give a damn, and that's cool. That's cool that people give a damn. Number two, learning. We have a young staff and a bunch of young players on this team that are learning on the fly. And I appreciate coaches, Coach Pry coming out and saying that. He said it on multiple occasions that he's learning a ton. This has been a learning experience for him, learning experience for his staff. Um, so I think that we need to understand that. We did see improvements in several areas as times went on. Uh, most notably would be the turnovers on the offensive side of the uh, on the offensive side of things. Penalties as a whole, which was horrible in the beginning of the season and got better towards the end. And then the punt return unit, we pointed that out as well. And then last, and maybe most importantly, this team did not quit. This team did not quit, no matter how hard it got, how crushing of a loss we were coming off of how just horrible it must have been to trot out to practice on a Tuesday after losing by one point again. This team always fought, always clawed, and I'm so glad that we got to end this season on a high note against Liberty. We know it has to get better. Coach Pry know it has to get better. But this was year one. Pat, 2022, 2023, we are closing the book. Any other thoughts or um, just big picture things that stuck out to you after this season? Mm. Yeah, you know, I think it was another year where the ACC in general did not have an elite football team. Um, you know, with with Clemson just being on the ropes and then seeing how Carolina could lose to uh, NC State and Georgia Tech back-to-back, you know, we should have beat NC State and Georgia Tech. Um, the future of the ACC is still... I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot that we can learn from um, both the highs and the lows of what the ACC has, and how Virginia Tech can compete in this conference when this conference, you know, remains intact with the 14 ACC teams that it has right now. Uh, I think looking at first-year coaches in the ACC as well, super surprising is uh, what we saw out of Mike Elko, Duke was the laughing stock at ACC Media Day this year. They were. Everyone, I remember I was live tweeting it because I was watching it, and uh, everyone was talking about how Duke, they might have a little bit of returning production, but you know they got some guys in the portal, but they're not going to be world beaters. It's Duke. They're not going to make a bowl. It was the Georgia Tech and Duke combined for bowl eligibility joke. And Georgia Tech went five and seven. After firing their coach after three games, Duke went eight and four. They combined, they combined for both teams going bowl eligible. They combined for thirteen wins. Duke might get a ninth win this postseason. So it is so interesting to see how the ACC is. You, know, you saw some serious struggles up in Charlottesville this year, despite returning world beaters on offense. You saw, um. You saw what happened in Miami and the fact that Mario is the same as Manny Diaz is the same as Randy Shannon is the same. Stop, as uh, I'm going to stop you right there. The, 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 it is out. We are stood. The jury is still out. I would not bury Mario <laughs> Cristobal yet. It's been, can I, can I make it in, can I, can I, can I just say that I'm excited that Miami is not. Yes. How yes. about that? How about yes. that? A, a little overreaction. <laughs> My team went Mario three ball is Manny Diaz. <laughs> My team went three and eight. I'm a little emotional. Okay. You hit on one thing though, or, or you hinted at one thing, and I do want to say this: what a disappointing year for quarterbacks in the ACC. Because all year, when we talked to David Teal, when we talked to anybody, it was the ACC, it is the year of the quarterback. Brennan Armstrong, I feel bad for the guy. I don't know how much you can blame his struggles on him versus the just offense they're running. Same thing with DJ Uwangalele. That guy struggled this year. And again, their offense is apathetic and horrible. Sam Hartman at Wake Forest. 
They were supposed to be world beaters. They finished the season eh, seven and five. Then you look at Devin Leary from NC State. He gets hurt, misses most of the season. Keaton Slovis, eh, he was okay. Pitt finished the game on a four-game winning streak. Um, and then who else do you have except for Drake May, who I wouldn't be surprised if he's not even in the ACC next year, but he carried the slack for the entire conference uh, in a year where I thought the ACC might be the most talented conference. And how can we forget Phil Dracovic? Boston College finishes 3-9. and nine. That guy has the weirdest Instagram post of all time before they played Notre Dame. Go ahead and look at it if you haven't seen it. Um, but what a disappointing year for uh, for ACC quarterbacks. Um, yeah. Let's yeah. talk a little bit about stats that matter. Just ran a couple of stats here. First of all, turnovers. I want to say the offense did a really – they did not stay on the field very long, but they did stay on the field for at least three plays most of the time. Virginia Tech's offense – 60% of their 15 turnovers came in two games. Five turnovers against Old Dominion and four turnovers against Georgia Tech. Without those two games, Virginia Tech averaged 0.6 turnovers a game, which would have been tied for sixth in America. Pretty pretty wild stat. Now, on the flip side of that, Virginia Tech was 130th out of 131 teams when it came to taking the ball away from the other team. That is not good. That will need to improve coming up here in 2023-24. And I think one of the biggest lessons, like we said, is margin of victory. Virginia Tech lost four games by a total of 11 points. If you add up the Old Dominion, Miami, NC State, and Georgia Tech games, Virginia Tech lost those games by a total of 11 points. So margin of victory is important. Finishing the game and finishing the half is crucially important. Um, And again, that is something that, Teams that are young struggle to do. Coach Pry alluded to this in his press conference. This would be a very different conversation if Virginia Tech had been getting blown out, had been had been letting go of the rope, had been quitting. Whereas I can look at this season and I can say, you know what? They didn't quit. They were in basically every single game that they played, for the exception of North Carolina. Um, so. I'm excited to see the changes that we make on the roster and the additions that we bring in. And also I'm excited to see year two of coach prize culture reset take hold. So that is uh, that's where I'm at with this football season. Before we get into awards, Pat, do you have anything else to add? You know what? I'm, uh, I'm glad it's over. I'm glad Me too. Um, and even, you know, the way that it ended is not the way that we wanted it to end. And I, you know, know we've, we've already said our thoughts on that, but um, at the end of the day, I think as we turn the page to the off season, we Hokie nation, Virginia tech fans know what we need to see out of the off season. Um, so I think we should talk about the highlights of the year though. I, li- I like these, uh, these segments that we have lined up here. I do too. No, this has been fun. Um, you know, being being that I am currently unemployed, I did have some time to put together some segments. So let's let's run through them. For most improved player, our MIP, our MEEP, I went with Jalen Stroman. Jalen Stroman, a sophomore, logged the fourth most tackles this season on the entire football team. That's 43 tackles. Had an interception and two forced fumbles. I love Jalen Stroman. I think he was underrated when he got to Virginia Tech. I think he was under-recruited in high school. I think that he is uh, made up of the right kind of stuff. We make fun of, does he get it? Jalen Stroman gets it. I love that guy. If if your last name is Stroman, I love you. And I love this guy. And I think that he's got a really bright future at Virginia Tech. My most improved player is the best receiver that we had this year, Caleb Smith. Caleb Smith, by the numbers, if you combine his three seasons of 2019, 2020, and 2021, he had 37 receptions, 600, uh, excuse me, 37 receptions, 469 yards, and four touchdowns in three whole seasons. And then in 2022, uh, he was a really good receiver for us. He was a dangerous weapon 
on the edge, 37 receptions, 674 yards, three touchdowns in just 11 games, and he averaged 18.2 yards per catch. So nearly doubled all of his stats, uh, whether it was career yardage, receptions, touchdowns uh, in one season uh, that was cut short by a game. It was a big time, big time shout out to Caleb Smith. He also was dinged up for pretty much the first half of the season in and out of some of those games, but um, truly will be um, be remembered as Caleb Smith's best year uh, in a Virginia Tech uniform. Hopefully he returns next year. Bill, what was the hug your friend moment of the season? So originally I had, I don't have one written down. I was just going to say, look, I loved seeing everybody in Blacksburg. I loved the community. But then you reminded me. You reminded me of one of the most elating moments of the season. Um, It was the Chapman interception, the pick six against Boston College. It was like one of those perfect, like rainy, but still hot outside games. Um had a bunch of friends in Section 5. Just a great defensive performance. And again, we talked about glimpses. One of those games that you could say this is a glimpse into the future. Um, it had to be the chat. For me, it has to be the Chapman interception, the pick six against Boston College. Um, that was great. And aside from what this season was, that was a really, really fun afternoon in Lane Stadium. So I'll, I'll go with that one. Also, fun fact... The Boston College postgame was our most listened to podcast. People were excited. People were fired up. Um, And I was fired up in that moment. For me, it was beating Boston College and getting everyone together who we watched the game with in Section 5 and getting that first Section 5 win pick after uh, Coach Pry's first win in lane. We plan on taking more next year. Promise. Let's get some more home wins under our belt and we could take some of those pictures and get some get some road pictures as well. But uh, that was a, a great moment. And I think we were all feeling pretty good about ourselves after uh, after Boston College, after rebounding against ODU. Best tailgate. Everything about the Miami game was an awesome tailgate. I remember saw D Kana tweet about the Miami game and it was going to be a uh, – a noon kickoff or right around then and middle of October knew that it was going to be some epic post game tailgating. We got all the pregame tailgating. It was great. The post game tailgating in lot two at the VT's best tailgate was also a ton of fun. So enjoyed that as the best tailgate. I'm going to throw in a little honorable mention for worst tailgate, Georgia tech. You guys were in town for, for, uh, for Georgia tech. It was, Kind of rainy. It's like a sleepy hollow kind of morning. You, you walk into Lane Stadium. You're like, is it, is anyone going to be there? And then it was like a sellout. That was, uh, as Bill said, a special moment to see a two and seven football team be able to draw that kind of crowd uh, despite the struggles. Bill, what was your favorite tailgate? My favorite tailgate was the West Virginia game. The West Virginia game was so much fun. Um, everything, everything up until like midway through the third quarter was just like a perfect day. It was beautiful outside. Nice chill. Um, Willie Cranick was in town. Juwan Bushel Beattie was in town. Um, just a ton of fun. Had some turkey legs. Chris Rieger did his thing where he cooks turkey legs and eats none of them, and then and then I eat it, and he just cooked turkey legs to for the memes. Um, so, Chris, I'll eat your turkey legs anytime. Um, I'll say this, too. Um, we, we, we glossed over this. My favorite non-football moment in lane stadium this year i have two david wilson backflips i mean that was worth that was worth the price of season tickets in general was watching david wilson do backflips at the miami game and the let's go Hokies chant from justin mutz absolutely epic honoring the basketball team that night that was another thing this year had a lot of was honoring teams that did awesome stuff the softball team, baseball team, track team. The track team gets honored every year because they win the ACCs every single year. Wrestling team. So that was uh, that was cool. I enjoyed that. You know, I realized I um, I swapped my hug your friend moment with my favorite moment in Lane this season. So I'm gonna I'm gonna put the car in reverse, Terry. What is that even from? Is that from a movie? 
It's from a, a, a tick a vine where the guy sets off fireworks and then he tries, then he's in like a wheelchair and he, they're like, put it in reverse because you can get shot in the face with the fireworks. That okay. was a journey. For those of you listening that don't know what Vine is, it was TikTok before TikTok, seven seconds only. Um, RIP, I miss it. I think Vine was six seconds. My hug your friend moment of the season was Tucker Holloway's punt return against Georgia Tech because it was like, wow, we have lost everything. It has just been a brutal season at this point. And then our punt return game was just not making anything happen. And all of a sudden, this freshman named Tucker Holloway goes back there and, and looks like, uh, you know, Devin Hester out be there. Be careful. Okay. I, I, I was going to say be careful before you threw out a ridiculous name. And there you go. Throw, throw it out a ridiculous name. Dude, Devin Hester. Roots rapid fire. Roots rapid fire. Tucker said he he likes to uh, – he looks up to Devin Hester as one of the best punt returners of all time. So, you know, you got to give your respect to Tuck. Respect on, to Tuck. And we have some more people to respect. Um, unfortunately, the senior class did not have the ability, obviously, to have a senior day. Um, but, Pat, I know, you, I, I know you have some words about the senior class who um, – can't say enough positive things about yeah they have been they've been through probably more than any senior class uh has been through as far as just the the pure number of events that they had to endure uh was was definitely unusual and we could start it start it with some of those class 2018 guys um dax hollifield Chamari connor like after after the 2017 season, after the 2016 season, um, we were riding high. You know, we had won 19 games in two years, and then Dax comes in, Chamari comes in. I'm I'm probably missing a couple other guys. Was was Garbutt on uh, on the roster in 2018? I'm not sure. I don't believe he was. But they had to go out there and endure a rocky 2018. You beat Florida State in Week One. Everything's going to be awesome again like the previous two years where you won nine games in each year. Then all of a sudden, week three, Old Dominion, Josh Jackson breaks his leg, and all of a sudden, you know, we are just on a downward spiral. The defense did not have a good season, and uh, we had a mass exodus after 2018. A lot of guys leaving the program, hitting the transfer portal. But all of a sudden, we're excited for 2019, and – you know, we got this guy Ryan Willis, who's a gun gunslinger, got some talented wide receivers and a talented defense, and we lose up at Boston College. He he throws three picks. And then a few weeks later, we almost lose to Furman. And then September 25th, drive for 25 weekend, Friday night, whiteout. Duke beats us 45 to 10. <laughs> Which is like, you know, a lot of folks called the ODU game the lowest point for our program. A lot of folks called that Duke game the lowest point for our program. But then we called the SS Hendon Hooker to lead the uh, the Express. And then everyone got to ride the highest highs that this class would enjoy over the rest of the year. And football was so fun, whether it was the Georgia Tech game, the Miami game, beating Pitt 28-0. Um, you know, even – even just playing competitive in some of those losses, which I hate to say, but yeah, football was fun again in fall of 2019. And then all of a sudden came to a screeching halt in Charlottesville. And this, this class of guys um, becomes part of a group of Virginia tech players that hand over the Commonwealth cup to UVA and Bryce Perkins, who was the best player on the field that day. And all of a sudden, you know, we lose another game in the last minute against Kentucky and Charlotte in the Belk Bowl. So 2019, you talk about the highest of highs where we're competing for a coastal championship and, you know, pretty much a spot in the Orange Bowl. And then the lowest of lows where you lose two games uh, on, on final possessions. But don't worry, guys, because everything's going to be fine. Everyone's coming back for 2020. We are going to be so good in 2020. We got the receivers back. James Mitchell's back. We got uh, Hendon Hooker coming back. Khalil Herbert. Khalil Herbert's hitting the portal and coming to Black Barno. 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 
Darisaw, Caleb Farley, like, you know, um, Jermaine Waller. Like, this is going to be a very good football team. And we got Penn State coming to town on September 12th, week two. It's going to be the best day in Blacksburg ever. We're going to beat Penn State. It's going to be awesome. And then Lee Corso jumps out. He says, not so fast, my friend. Maybe it was Lee Corso. Maybe it was Anthony Fauci. Not not so fast, my friend. <laughs> COVID-19 is going to F up your 20. I'm going to repeat that. COVID-19 is going to F up your 20. And it did. And I think we totally overlook how much of a nightmare 2020 was just in general across all of college football, right? And I know that this was handled at the university level. I know this was handled, handled at the conference level. Um, and then, you know, each athletic department had to make very important decisions as well. You know, these guys were getting tested three times a week and we weren't even sure if we were going to play football. And then all of a sudden they do the 10 plus one, we get UVA coming into town week one. And we're like, what the heck is going on? 2020, I want out. Um, and then that game gets canceled. It gets pushed to the end of the year. And, uh, we go ahead and crush NC state. And we crushed Boston College at home. We crushed UVA at home. We ride, we ride some serious highs in 2020. You know, we, we go on the road. We beat Louisville. And then we have some disasters at UVA and – or, sorry, at UNC, at Wake Forest, the Miami and the Liberty games, which are, you know uh, – I would say North Carolina, maybe not a disaster, but definitely a loss. I would say if we had a full roster – we, we probably could have won that game. Yeah, that was not a disaster. Let me take that one back. That was not a disaster. But, you know, like Tyler Matheny, love that you stepped up to the plate. But, you know, Divine Diablo, we didn't have him that day and how effective he would have been. Chamari Connor doesn't get, you know, that targeting call. We, we, we needed the depth that day uh, in Chapel Hill. The Liberty debacle, which was just, you know, that was terrible. A, just terrible. a horrible, horrible, horrible experience. Miami uh, and their late comeback in the fourth quarter. We were there. We were there. The Clemson game at home as well. Um, sprinklers going off. So that is the only thing I remember about that game. <laughs> 2020 was brutal. And then 2021. These seniors beat COVID. Carolina, Labor Day Friday night. Enter Sandman. Best day ever, dude. ACC Network. ACC Network's grainy cameras and every single person in America glued to that TV watching college football return after COVID-19. And we just played a phenomenal game of football. Had a ton of fun. Billy Ray was crying. And... uh, (laughs) And then all of a sudden, after you know taking down Sam Howell, Terradome is back. We're winning the Natty again. <laughs> we we lose the most improbable games of all time over the next few weeks to West Virginia, Notre Dame, and Syracuse, and ultimately led to the termination of Coach Fuente. So you get through 2018, you get through 2019, you get through a pandemic, you overcome the pandemic, your coach is gone, new coach, and then 2022, you go three and eight. So, I mean, I, I just got to, I just got to say thank you to this group of seniors who it has not been easy. It has not been fun, but at the end of the day, you guys will always, you guys will always be Hokies. You guys will always be folks who did what you could to contribute. And, uh, it's just a bummer that we can't honor these guys the way we would want to uh, because they had to endure some of the craziest, some of the greatest, craziest situations that, uh, that anyone has, you know, for Virginia tech football. So shout out to you guys, Bill. I know you had a, a list of them. Oh, they're right there. I didn't even. Yeah. So um, <laughs> thank you. I could have <laughs> used that list. <laughs> so uh, just to break down kind of the situation. So folks with no more eligibility at all, Dax Hallfield finishes his career with 355 tackles, 12 sacks, four picks, some epic moments against North Carolina. Um, the ultimate hokey, just just an unbelievable guy, great player, great representation of the university. Uh, Jalen Holston battled. A lot of people talked a lot of garbage about Jalen Holston. Went out, went out on a high horse in his last game and balled out against Liberty. Chamari Connor, man. 313 tackles, seven and a half sacks, 
hard hitter, hard-nosed guy, another guy who helped Coach Price set the culture in Blacksburg. Um, Jamari Connor, man, one of my one of my favorite players over these last few years. Jaden Blue came in for one year. Connor Blumrick, a guy I wish we utilized a little bit more this year. Uh, continuing down the line, Breon Murray, Jalen Griffin, he's been here forever. Taiwan Garbutt, our guy. He's been the funniest guy on the team for six years in a row. Everybody you ask, Taiwan Garbutt's the funniest guy on the team. 12 sacks over his career. Johnny Jordan, going to miss his uncle in Section 5. One of my favorite, favorite people to hang out with. Jeff. Uncle Jeff. Uh, Silas Zanzi, who's been here forever. And then Drake Deulis, dude. The one-man party machine. Love that guy. Love Drake Deulis. Um but those are guys who have exhausted their, their college eligibility, um, wishing them farewell. And then we move on to the COVID year eligible players. These players can come back due to the COVID year. That is Narelle Pollard. Narelle Pollard, one of my favorite videos that Tech has ever put out was the uh, video of Narelle Pollard doing the motorcycle crank. Um, loved that. Loved that after the sack versus North Carolina in 2019. Mario Kendricks, Super Mario Kendricks. Nick Gallo, love Nick Gallo. Silent but deadly, great guy. Eric Gallo's younger brother. Nasir Peoples, one of the most underrated and underappreciated players on that Virginia Tech defense. Uh, Armani Chapman, some great moments over his career. Caleb Smith, we've talked about that. Cole Beck, amazing at track. Cole Beck. Um, and maybe with some more time in the weight room, uh, if he wants, I think he can make an impact on the football field. Eli Adams and Keyshawn Artist. Keyshawn Artist, another guy who seemingly has been here forever. Um, a couple of folks that can come back. Feldarius Payne, he is seeking a red shirt due to his injury in the offseason. And Jason Brown, who is seeking a petition from the NCAA. And lastly, and one of the like bigger wins this year, uh, coming as soon as the season was over was Alan Tisdale will be returning to Virginia Tech following a cover your kids' ears bullshit ruling from the NCAA about him gambling like 10 bucks on an NBA Finals game. Uh, NCAA, you guys still suck. Um, but Alan Tisdale will be back for the Hokies next year. Um, so shout out to everybody. Um, yeah, just a just a special group of guys. So I want to send my uh, send my love to that group. A lot of good memories, a lot of different memories, and a lot of a lot of. I'll say it, Pat. A lot of grit in that group. A lot, a lot of, of grit. A lot of grit in that group. Um, so now let's look forward. Let's look at where we're going. What are we looking forward to? But you know what I'm looking forward to, Pat, is we're going to Blacksburg this weekend for the North Carolina game. Kind of a big deal, but I'm looking forward to going down to First and Main, eat, shop, play, hang out, whether you need to do some shopping in Alumni Hall to get yourself some gear for the game. If you do, tell them the Sun sent you and you're going to discount at the register, just to let you know. Or you want to go do some bowling, check out a new movie, go eat some popcorn, hang out at the arcade, go down to McLean's, or if you just want some food, go on down to Gucci Elrod's. All of it is located right on 1st and Main. Check them out. A premier partner of the Sons of Saturday. So we're going to talk a little bit about some of the, I'm calling them pry bites. Some bites from Coach Pry in his postseason presser. Uh, number one, and probably the most picked apart one so far, it was two. Uh, I hope that he was asked basically about changes to the staff that he's considering. And he said, I hope there's no changes, no tweaks right now. I've got total trust in these guys. And I love these guys. And then he was asked specifically about Coach Tyler Bowen, our offensive coordinator. He said, I have not flinched on how talented I think Tyler is or that the offensive staff is. We have to dive into what didn't work and how come. So a lot of reactions from a lot of different people on this. I think sitting 24 or 48 hours removed from this, Coach Pry seems as if he is not going to make any wholesale changes and it's going to be a big offseason for learning and recruiting. If he is doubling down on this, I respect it. It is year two. 
and there are go- people are going to have expectations for change in results. And um, that's where we are. If he believes in him, we've said coming into the season, we believe in Coach Pry's ability to do this. We're going to have to see changes. But he has guys around him that he believes are going to promote the culture, recruit the right guys. This gives them an opportunity to reset the deck. That is what's happening. Like it, dislike it, doesn't matter. So I am pulling for Coach Bowen. I, he's a young guy. I think he's got a bright future. Coach Marv was dialing up the defense toward the end of last year. Um, so I'm excited for a full year of portal action, recruiting, and learning from your mistakes in 2022. So that's where I am with that quote. Any thoughts, Pat? No. I, I well, Yeah, I guess one thought. Um, <laughs> like, regardless of what your thoughts are on the situation, I don't think Virginia Tech is a cutthroat institution that would, at this point, cut ties with any offensive or defensive coordinator after a sample size of 11 games as well. Um, so that that's my two cents. I, I think uh, if – we need a larger sample size to be able to make make those decisions at this point. And I'm with them too. Like at the end, of, I, I've said this with the previous staff. I'll say this with this staff as well. I'm never rooting for somebody to lose their job. I, you know, it's never a reflection on somebody's uh, as a person, unless they're a bad person. Uh, I don't want anyone to lose their job. I don't want anyone to get fired. Um, and I do want them to learn. And I think this is a tremendous off season where they'll have an opportunity to do it. So. Another quote that he had, he was asked specifically about the quarterback room. I want to add competition to every room, including the quarterback room. Not really a surprise there. Um, This entire roster needs to be in a position where not only do we have people that fit the scheme we're looking to run, but they're also being pushed, challenged, and the bar is being raised based upon the folks that they have behind them competing for that job. Another one, David Teal mentioned TCU as a success story from a quick turnaround. And uh, Coach Pry pointed to Shane at South Carolina and Coach Norvell at Florida State. And he was also quoted as saying, I wouldn't have taken this job if I didn't believe we could flip the script and do this here. Yes, there are examples across college football. We're going to talk about this in a couple minutes. Um, I, I, Coach Pry is the guy, he wants to be here and he wants to do it. And I'm telling you, I'm rooting for him to do it. Um, and this is the most important offseason Virginia Tech has had in Pat. Would it be fair to say this is the most important offseason we've had in, in, in multiple decades? In uh, in the modern era, I would say, right? Yeah, from a recruiting perspective, from where we are, from the opportunity that's presented um, to take the culture that you set and get the right guys in. Uh, and when I say that, I'm not saying that everybody on the roster is not the right fit. You just want to make sure you have folks that are wanting to be at Virginia Tech, folks that fit the program and the scheme, and that's what we're going to be looking for here. So just want to clear that up. Another quote, uh, I got two more here. He said, uh, who we thought we wanted to be initially wasn't exactly – I'm kind of I'm kind of parsing words here, but essentially what he said is who we thought we wanted to be initially on offense – wasn't who we could be and they struggled to be that unit they had to adjust um and early on in the season i was basically saying like tech looks like they're trying to be a ground and pound football team which the offensive line just did not allow injuries to malachi thomas injuries to keith john king like we were just unable to be that like when you watched our offense at the beginning of the season it was very reminiscent of like a a a big 10 team who's going to come out and run the ball and run over your face and we just weren't that kind of team we weren't a team that was going to be able to put the ball down and get a fourth and one over and over and over again. Uh, We weren't the team that was going to rush for 310 yards and own time of possession. And Tech struggled to move away from that and and find a new identity. And that was kind of what really hurt was our offense didn't really have an identity. So that was another thing that he pointed out. And then the last one, uh, he said that we tried too much too soon. This is another thing that we spoke about during the season when you are second guessing your assignment and your alignment and what the snap count is on, that is when you see penalties. That is when you see MAs. And those were the struggles that we saw early on. And again, I'm giving credit to Coach Pry for speaking through this, owning it, 
Um, but I do think that that tells a lot of, um, of why we were where we were. So um, that's what I took away from Coach Pry's um, bites at the end of the season. Um, let's go ahead and look ahead to 2023. But if you're looking ahead to 2023, I would be making sure that I'm not sleeping on the streets in 2023. And the way to do that is you got to sign a lease. If you're listening to this podcast right now and you're a student, you don't have a lease signed. That's a bit of a problem. It's getting to be that time. You don't want to not have a lease. You don't want to sign a lease last minute with some people you don't know. So here's what we're offering. Okay. If you go and just, just check it out, just tour it, take an unofficial visit to Cedar Point. You will get a pick of a basketball ticket. You can go to any game, any game before conference play. They will give you a ticket if you just tour. And we got some good games coming up here before January. Now, to make that even better, if you tour Cedar Point, a CMG leasing partner, you will get season tickets starting in January for the rest of the year. You heard that correctly. Parents, if your kid is badgering you to get tickets on StubHub for men's basketball and you're tired of Venmoing them or however you parents get your kids money, um, money to go to the games, they get free season tickets. They sign a lease at Cedar Point. So go ahead, check them out. Cedar Point, a CMG partner. CMG uh, property, excuse me. Go ahead and get that done. So one of my favorite things to giggle about, Pat, that Hokie Nation does a ton. Um, Virginia Tech loves to tell people in the portal to come to Virginia Tech, which I'm all about. I'm all about that. But On Twitter, right? On Twitter. If a Valparaiso quarterback enters the transfer portal, third string, never played a game, didn't even play in high school, we're asking him to come to Virginia Tech. If a backup place kicker at Pace University has one year of eligibility left, we're like, yo, Blacksburg, get in here, at Stu Holt, recruit this guy. Um, this is not a dig. It just is hilarious. I'll say this, three positions of need, okay? One, offensive line. These are not in order, by the way. Two, Defensive line and offensive line, wide receiver and quarterback. Uh, I think those are the three most important positions um, of need. Pat, do you have a fourth? No, you just said four. So, oh well, I was lumping offensive and defensive line together. I mean, <laughs> you can't. Line, really do that. I'll just say line man. Um, we tweeted about this earlier today. Person worth looking at: Christian Velu. He's a Penn State quarterback who was transferring out. He was recruited by Tyler Bowen, visited Virginia Tech in February of 2019. Same recruiting class as D. Davis. Um, really talented quarterback. So, um, yeah, it's going to be a huge, huge sprint in the portal. Pat, if a genie were to grant me three wishes this offseason, I'm going to give you mine, then I want your three wishes. Number one, Caleb Smith. Baby, come back. You can blame it all on all of the crap that has happened over your career. Look, man, run it back one more year. Run it back one more. Let the offense sink in. Let the osmosis take effect. And let's make another career year. Caleb, Caleb Smith, please come back. Daquan Wright, Man- Monsor D. Lane, Xavier Chaplin, and Cam Johnson. Franchise tag. Wish they had those in college. When you're a free agent in the NFL, the NFL can say, not so fast. You're franchise tagged. I would love to see those four fellas in maroon and orange next year. And then number four, Christian Bayou. I'm just going to say him again. Christian Bayou. I'd love to have him here. Pat. <laughs> uh, I'm taking that franchise tag and slapping one on Kelly Lawson. Yes. Need Kelly Lawson to stick around and hang out here and have a good time. Um, I want a... I want a serious attitude out of Virginia Tech football in the in this offseason. I want Virginia Tech to not be a doormat this offseason. I want Virginia Tech to be respected in the living rooms this offseason and really just win the offseason from a results perspective of we have more talent than we had last year. We are taking care of our needs and our deficiencies on the lines, in the wide receiver room, in the quarterback room, making sure that we are well-equipped going forward 
into the 2023 campaign because rebuilding relationships in Virginia is important, but the transfer portal is arguably more important in college football in this era. I want there to be buzz around the Virginia Tech football program. I want people to say, hey, have you guys seen what Brent Pry has been doing this offseason? Because that happens at Duke. That's happening to Kansas. That's happening at Illinois. Programs that do not have football history, that do not belong in the same conversation as Virginia Tech, they have guys doing that, and we need to be in the same position. My third genie wish is a Sweet 16 appearance from the men's or women's basketball team this offseason. Or both. Both would be cool. Or both. I absolutely love what I'm seeing so far. They are a lot of fun to watch. They are fantastic people and fantastic programs. And I'm rooting for them this offseason. Because guess what? Other than uh, other than recruiting, football news is a little, little low during the offseason, other than the schedules coming out in February. So we will be turning our attention to basketball, and I'm excited. Letters from the Lunch Pail. We're coming up on the on the uh, on the sunset of this uh, of these these final chapters of the chapter that we close this football season. Um, first one comes from Jay Basham eighty nine. Which true freshman do you think had the most impact, Monsor D Lane or Daquan Wright, Patrick? I gotta say it was Monsor D Lane just because I think. I think the ceiling for Daquan Wright is unbelievably high. I don't think we utilized him enough to have him as the guy who made the biggest impact. Uh, so I'll say Delane for getting in that certain spot by the end of the year and uh, you know, really hoping that we can uh, continue to see his growth. But I'm really excited about Daquan Wright as well. He's a phenomenal football player, and he's going to do a lot of good things. The Real McCoy VT, how much of this season's failure was based on lack of talent? Versus poor coaching. Biggest game day improvement you'd like to see from Pry and the staff in year two? I would say talent versus coaching. I think it was a little bit of both. You know, from a talent perspective, this was not a talented football team. We knew that going in. We also did not have a tough, challenging schedule at all. And we were in football games. You know, I don't really think we were really blown out by anyone other than Duke and Carolina, right? Uh, I guess Pittsburgh kind of got away from us, but I mean, these were close football games. Um, You know, losing four games by a combined 11 points, you're going to grow from that. You're going to learn from that. We have three guys. We have guys on this staff in the three most important roles, offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, head coach, who are all learning on the job. You're going to see growing pains. So you you complement that with not the most talent, you're not going to necessarily have the best year. But at the end of the day, I think what we want to see uh, as far as improving game day uh, improvements here, uh, Mr. McCoy, is what we saw in that Liberty game and allowing Chris Marv to call the defense and our offense going for it in the right situations and being more aggressive on offense as well. And just seeing more out of the coaching staff than we did, you know, earlier in the year. Um, It was our best game defensively and uh, one of our better managed games offensively uh, that Liberty game. So I I think more of that, Bill, anything, anything you want to, uh, to add to that? No, well done. Just uh, learning from mistakes and, um, Seeing guys take a step forward in development. Uh, next one, Bubba Fisk. How can Pry sell Virginia Tech to recruits when there has been no proof of a winning culture for years now? I'm so glad you asked this question because there are countless examples of schools without winning culture that are winning now. Kansas, Duke, Kansas State, Illinois, Purdue, Liberty, Bowling Green, South Carolina, and also, North Carolina has recruited at an elite level with zero winning tradition. So we got to stop that. It is possible. TCU is on the verge of competing for a college football playoff spot. They were 4-8 and eight two years ago. So please. And it's not just you, Bubba. Bubba, it ain't just you, baby. It's a lot of people. 
are are saying that. And it, it is doable. It's doable here at Virginia Tech. It's doable. It, it can't just be doable at Kansas. I'm sorry. It's not. And it's and Coach Pry and them, they're gonna hit the portal, they're gonna hit the recruiting trail, and it's on them to make it happen, and I can't wait. Before we go, we do have one last segment here um, that a lot of us, including myself, maybe wished that we forgot we made these predictions. But we're going to go over our hot wings and hotter takes from earlier this season. This segment is brought to you by our friends over at DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. They're my go-to when betting on the NFL this season. It's easy Okay, you can see all the games. You can follow the games there if you're not watching it. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to a 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place a same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets, like which team will win, player props, point totals, and more. The more you add, the bigger you boost, the bigger your shot to win big. So, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use code SOS, place a $5 bet on any NFL team to win their game, and get $150 in free bets if they do, only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SOS. See the show notes. For the disclaimers. Now, moving right along. Here we go. We're starting off with Bryce Chalkley. Grant Wells throws for 3,250 yards. He did not. He threw for 2,171. Bryce also said we would win at NC State. We did not. We did almost win at NC State. The McDonald Twins combined for over 100 tackles. Love the McDonald Twins. Love them. Good future at Tech. 20 total tackles. Oklahoma finishes the season unranked. Ding, 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 ding. I think that's the only one anyone got right, but they don't call it <laughs> cold takes and colder wings. They call it hot takes. Uh, Kentucky wins the SEC East. Nope. Now, maybe. Could have had a little bit to do with Kentucky's quarterback getting hurt. Probably not. Travion Henderson wins the Heisman. Nope. Pat, my boy. My boy, Pat. Peter Moore wins All-America honors. Not this year. Not sure what happened to Peter Moore. <clears throat> Looking for a bounce back here next year. Tight ends have more touchdowns than wide receivers. No. No touchdowns from tight ends total. Six total touchdowns from wide receivers. Virginia Tech will have a winning record against the spread. It's better than I thought it would be. Four and seven versus the spread this year for the hoax. Pat predicted a 50-burger for the first time since 2018. The short answer to that is no. Virginia Tech did not. Have a 50-burger this year. Moving over to Griff Dog. Hendon Hooker takes Tennessee to an SEC East title. So close. So close. But it did not happen. Connor Blumrick has more touchdown passes than touchdown receptions. Close again. Connor Blumrick had zero touchdown passes and zero touchdown catches. So technically... He was close. He's been close on both of these. He was close again. Virginia Tech hits 85% red zone scoring. Virginia Tech sat at 82% red zone scoring. He also said Virginia Tech breaks 45 points twice. Virginia Tech did not score more than 30 points once this football season. Pat, take us home. And home we will go. Okay, we are going to pick it up with our friend Dave Naus. Dave says, Will Kakavitsis, over 550 receiving yards. Will had one catch for eight yards. Tight ends account for 10 touchdowns. No tight ends registered a single touchdown this year. Keyshawn King, 1,000-plus all-purpose yards. Keyshawn had 443 uh, yards this year was that all purpose bill no that was just offense that's okay. wrong but he did not have a thousand yards all purpose <laughs> under 20 sacks by the defense this year we had 23 sacks number five miami averages over 500 yards per game and wins the <laughs> ACC championship over nc state miami finished fifth in the coastal with 367 yards per game and nc state finished fifth in the atlantic after a strong start but a tough finish for the pack are you skipping mine i i'd appreciate if you skipped mine but you but you did leave mine 
Oh, I skipped yours. You Billy did. Ray, here we go. Virginia Tech has a 100-yard performance from three different backs. We got Keyshawn King, 111 yards versus ODU. Malachi Thomas, 84 against Pitt. And Jalen Holston, 99 against Liberty. Billy, you, Solid were, tape. you were 17 yards away. 17 yards away. Sorry it didn't happen, though. Virginia Tech sells out all Power 5 home games. We had one non-sellout versus Power 5, and it was the Georgia Tech game. Um, so very close on that take, too. Billy Hot takes over here. Grant yeah. Wells breaks the record for passing yards. Wow. Not a good take from Billy Ray. No. Virginia Tech loses to Duke or Georgia Tech. This was a good take. We lost to both of them. Wow. <laughs> All right, Billy Ray is is the leader in the clubhouse right now. All right, here's here's the uh, the final the final touch. Chris Rieger, Virginia Tech produces a first team All ACC running back. No player on any team in the ACC, first, second, or third All ACC. We got no one on both sides of the ball or specialists for the first time in ACC history. So that stinks. Tech lands a surprise in-state blue chip who will become the foundation of the rebuild. TBD? <laughs> There's still time. TBD? Even though they're all going to Penn State and or Carolina. Riggs gains entrance into three places he's not supposed to from using the Sons of Saturday Spring Jam VIP lanyard. We don't know. Please report data. No more hot takes like that, Chris. That's weird. Not that, that's a hot take that doesn't get you invited back to Hot Wings and Hot Sticks. <laughs> Number four, Virginia Tech will beat the brakes off West Virginia so badly that oh, they man. will have to enact an, another cooling off period and refuses to play Virginia Tech for 10 years. This did not happen. Could you be more wrong? All right. I got to go to Outback Steakhouse. We'll do some sharky shout outs here. One, beat Carolina on Sunday. We'll be there. It's going to be fun. Two, that rowback code is good for everything on the site, not just the Lunch Pail Polo. So buy the Lunch Pail Polo if you don't have one already, but I encourage you to get the joggers too because they're pretty sweet wearing them right now. Three, NC State just announced an NIL collective that will offer every scholarship football player a minimum of $25,000 in 2023. So if any of you Hokie fans listening have a lot of money, Help us out because 85 scholarships times $25,000 equals over $2.1 So give us your money because we need that help in the portal. If you're an NC State fan and you're hearing that right now, guess where? Guess what? I'm fired up because the transfer portal is going to be hot this, this, uh, this offseason. And here's the thing. NC State Stadium, it needs some serious upgrades. They need a new scoreboard. Their LED lights were okay. Eh. But um, Virginia Tech, like, we can get here. We can get here, right? All right, I got to go to Outback. Bill, can you carry the torch for the rest of the night here? I can. Throw a shrimp on the Barbie, Pat. Appreciate everybody jumping on. Um, this has been the season recap for 2022-2023. And uh, we will be back with some more content for you coming up later. We got Ed and Mike doing the Hokey Hoops podcast coming out soon. And, again, if you have not yet – do check out the Justin Mutz Show and the Queens of Castle podcast hosted by George Amore and Liz Kitley. They had Kelly Gramlich on. But that'll do it. Take care. Hope everybody is well. I'm going to go eat dinner. And uh, holler at me if you see me at Lifetime Fitness in Fairfax. Take care, everybody. Time to wander, tripping in the sand. We smoke out windows, drink till we can't stand. But I saw you dance like you want to in my head. Love, she said, it is. Oh, I know what you're thinking.
to you.